Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Heidi ho Welcome to the Dennis and Andy Show. I'm Andy. And this is Dennis. I feel like we're taking a trip through time. Or are you the listener on acid and you just don't know it? Or did Andy and I just finish watching The Umbrella Academy? That's the ticket. We sure did. Dennis and I have officially finished binging Umbrella Academy Season 2. And we felt kind of trippy because of the one character in the show, Klaus, is that trippy dude. And I don't know. We uh, figured let's start the show a little different. So there you go. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of what we felt when the uh, season two kind of kicked off. And I'll be honest, Dennis texted me actually um, last week and said he finished it. And I was like, really? Because actually, I think it was yeah, it was about a week ago. And I said, really? I'm only on episode three and I'm bored. Is it worth it? And he's like, dude, keep watching it. I'm like, all right, because at first, look, Dennis, I'll be honest. The first episode pulled me in because I like time travel stuff. If it's a time travel story, I'm in. And see, I'm hit or miss on time travel. They're either really good or crap. <laughs> I, but see, I we're going to have to, in, at a future date, tangent like I like to do. Do you ever watch the movie The Butterfly Effect? Oh, yes. We'll, we'll have to discuss that because I love shit like that. So anyhow, with this, um, the end of the first season, quick recap, Vanya, using full power, basically decides to pull the moon down and let it crash into Earth and destroy the world. So at the last minute, um, number five just blinks everybody out of there. And... I mean, you know, he blinked him somewhere. You just don't know where. So episode one opens up and you see that. I'm, oh, man, I'm trying to remember the first character they showed. It was uh, it was um, uh, Allison blinks in first and it's in an alleyway. Yep. And she blinks into 1961. Right. So you're like, oh. So we know when they're going. So we assume they're all blinking in. Right. And then what happens? And then she's like, huh, where's everybody else? And cutscene. You see somebody else blinking. Same alley. Yep. Same. uh, It's almost Terminator esque because there's the portal in the sky that they set up for number five for a special effect. And um, I know I'm going to get the order wrong because it's been 13 episodes. Do you remember who the second one was? I don't remember because it's been long enough. But the second person ports in and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. 
but that's it's 62 I and believe. it's 1962 yes and then, i want to say wait i so two Di- people wait diego maybe i don't god remember i just don't remember it's been 13 episodes but but the, the gist of it is all of them port in for the most part at different times not with each other so they they all feel like they're alone and by themselves. Right. Because the last one I do remember was Luther. Yes. Luther and, was the last. And he was 63. Well, no, technically the last one was um, uh, number five. Yeah. Number you're, five you're right. was the last one to come in. So, so not counting number five, uh, Luther pops down in 63 and then some point later in the day, earlier, you just don't know. Yeah, later in the day for sure, number five pops down. And, you know, he's he sees it's 1963, but it's a freaking hellscape. It is like, it's it's literally World War III going yes. on out there. And he sees, like, the street, and this is in Texas. Can't leave that out. They pop into Texas. Uh-huh. We're in Texas. Dallas. Of course Home it would be. Home of the Cowboys. Be. Of course it would be. Right. Why, why else would they place. not bring it? That's why they're bringing in tanks. Just get rid of the Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> dude. No. It's because in this timeline, JFK wasn't shot. Correct. He was not assassinated. He wasn't assassinated. And you don't know why at this point, but basically nukes are about to drop on America and it's the end of the world. And number five sees this and he's like, I'm out. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is right in front of him, you see Russian tanks. Yep. You've got troops. They're shooting. Civilians. Tanks are going off. Everything's happening. They're like, what? We're, we're not back in Kansas anymore. And then you see the fellow members of the Umbrella Patrol Fighting along with the Americans. Yep. The Umbrella Academy, you see them all pop out. They're with the other troops and stuff like that. They start doing awesome. They're incredibly cool things. Yeah, Allison's like, I heard a rumor. And, you know, Luther, of course, you know, Gorilla Man there, who is, he's by far my favorite character. Just visually, what they do with him is just. (laughs) It's cool. He's so cool. Is just throwing stuff, beating people up. Diego's taking people out. Ellen Page is using some. Yep. It's just Vanya's doing her stuff, yeah, and they're, they're 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 kicking butt. Um, and then all of a sudden, you look to the sky, and you can see there are missiles inbound, yep. and then you see little mushroom clouds. End of the world. Yep, and and. I, my now just so everybody knows if you haven't listened to the podcast before my retention on things is pretty freaking bad it usually goes in and it goes out so even though these 13 episodes i pretty much have watched in the past week and a half i will still ask this question number five sees this and he bounces out of there right yeah he knows that this is the end and he's like and he's got to get out because if he doesn't they're toast right Right. So he has to get out and time travel again before any of this shit hits the fan. Yep. And he's unaware. He didn't realize when he pops in it at the later time that his family have come and they've actually been obviously living here. So one showed up in 61, one showed up in 62 62, and at different points. So they have gone on trying to find their 
other siblings, trying to get them back, find out where they all are unsuccessfully, you know, that you see. So, you know, they're, they all feel like they're alone. Yeah, totally. And for instance, Luther has the best job. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, let's just say he's the uh, bodyguard slash bouncer to drum roll. Oh, the guy I'm blanking on his name. It's the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, the, the nightclub owner. What's Ruby. His name? Ruby. Yep. Yes. He Luther is the bodyguard bouncer to uh it's Jack Ruby, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Jack Ruby. But Jack Ruby also uses Luther in basically underground cage fighting and bets you know, on him. And bets on him, <laughs> knowing he's gonna win because Luther will throw a fight. Not throw it to where he loses, but gets real close to it. So people are up in bets and then he'll get a signal and just kick the other guy's ass. Um, and then Vanya, you find out, is married. She got ma- married within a year. That was one thing that like really tripped me. I'm like, damn, you've been here. Because uh, she got married. No, 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 not Vanya, not Vanya. You're thinking no, no. Allison. Allison. I'm sorry, Allison. Um, I heard a rumor. Allison got married within a year of her being there. Right. I'm like, damn, girl doesn't mess around. Well, but, you know, <laughs> they do a cool thing with her was because you remember at the very end of uh, last season, Vanya slices her throat open. Right. So you think she's potentially going to die. She she survives, but she has no use of her voice, yet. which right. is her entire power. So she winds up porting into this world, unable to speak having to find somewhere to live, create a oh, life yeah. without any ability to communicate with her voice, which is her power. And she learns how to live as a norm, a normie, basically. Right. Well, it's, I mean, they don't, they don't go into how long it was. I mean, they do, they do do flashbacks throughout the episodes. So you could see what these people were doing, the Umbrella Academy during the time before, Number five pops in, you know, in 1963, and Allison was there the longest, but they don't, I didn't get a good sense of how long it was before her voice came back. Cause they set it up where she ends up working in a beauty parlor, beauty salon, you know, black owned because it's 1961. Right. And in, she runs in, in there because she's being chased. Right. And she runs in there because she was being chased by some guys and, you know, they take her in. And then they kind of time jump it. So you you don't know how long it's been, but she do, she eventually gets asked out by this guy and, um, you know, a, a guy fighting for civil rights and stuff. And, but you don't know how long, you know, I'm just guessing it's been a few months and her voice healed, but she's just, even though she has a power, she's just like, what's the point? I'm stuck in night. She thinks like all of them, She's the only one there. She doesn't know that Luther is in Dallas as well. Yeah. She thinks five screwed up and sent her somewhere and she's by herself. Well, and so the fact she is on. she she was the first one to get there. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next don't show up until 62. And it is a, a couple of them at separate times. So she, yeah, like Dennis said, she has no idea. So then Vanya, when she gets there, which I believe is in 62, she gets hit by a car. 
<laughs> yeah. She, she she's all discombobulated anyhow from the time travel. And she gets amnesia. She, and she can't remember she anything. She stumbles out into traffic and doesn't obviously get fatally hit, but gets hit by a car and taken in by the family and basically becomes a nanny and has no idea about anything. She can't remember anything. Diego does remember. So when Diego pops in, he actually walks on the street, finds a newspaper, sees what what day it is, and is like, oh my God, I can prevent JFK's assassination. Yep. And focuses on that. And focuses on it and ends up in a psycho ward. <laughs> so his hair's all long and straggly. Yep. Um Klaus, I love I I Klaus's character is just awesome. He, I didn't like him as much in the first season. I, I didn't either, but on on this one, he's he's hilarious. Oh, he winds up being a cult leader. <laughs> and he pulls crap from his he pulls stuff from like the eighties and stuff. From music. He pull, yeah, he pulls so stuff from he's music. This poetic, and- <laughs> charismatic leader. And he just starts spouting off people's songs. They're like Oh, oh that's God. so amazing. How did you come up with this? It just comes to me. <laughs> it just comes to me. <laughs> and he has a cult following. He's got a mansion. I mean, he totally worked. And, you know, his hair is longer. He totally has like a Jesus vibe going on. And he's a skinny dude in the first place. So, and it's, you know, it's a hippie type era. So he's totally rocking it. Um, he still sees Ben, the deceased brother, uh, uh, as a vision, you know, whatever you want to call it, walking around. He's a spirit. He's he a really spirit. is. Yeah. Um, Kate Walsh is back as the handler who they do. I got to, I got to admit, I didn't realize it was Kate Walsh oh. because of the makeup job and not makeup as in like, they don't do prosthetics on her face or anything. It's just her hair. Right. Because when you see her, because I'm looking at her and I'm like, God, why is she so familiar? So I went to IMDb. I'm like, Kate Walsh. And I'm like, oh my God, her look is totally changed just with her hairstyle because she has like totally white hair when she's the handler and it's usually up and the outfit she wears and stuff. And I got to be honest, I almost think they, they, because she's an attractive actress, but I think they play it down some. I don't think she's as attractive in the character as the handler as she is as Kate Walsh in real life. No, but she and but she's almost the way they do her in my opinion is and I agree with you. She's far prettier in in real life. Um but they do her up almost like you could almost say like a comic book character. Yeah. Because oh yeah. The her her hair is really white. Her clothes are over the top. Oh yeah. She put they put her in in makeup and stuff where it isn't that she's unattractive but they literally set her up like she's almost cartoony in a way. Yeah. And she plays the role and there's no depth to her. And and on purpose. I mean, she's got all these schemes and she does this, but she's very much to me like a cartoon character. Yeah, that's true. And they, they introduce a new character who is uh, the handler's daughter by adoption. And she's played by Ritu Arya and her name in the show is Lila Pitts and she's she's just a badass yeah you know she's a she's a petite petite woman um you're trying to figure out how is that uh that she comes from 
that there's no way they're related. You're just going. Well, they well, show I'm, the origin of it. Right. Eventually. Right. But at the beginning, when you find out they're related, you're like, wow, they're on tops at right. opposite ends oh, of the yeah. spectrum in every conceivable way. But then when they do show how uh, Kate Walsh's character, the handler, came to adopt Lila, it's, you know, we won't give it away, but basically the handler is on a mission. Well, she sends people out on the missions, but she's actually at this one with number five. But it's not number five as you're used to seeing them. <laughs> nope. So when you first see it, so spoiler alert, because I just because when you first see this scene, it's an older gentleman that's on this mission carrying it out. Time travel. And you don't realize <laughs> that it's number five until later in the season. And dude, my mind when that happened, when you realize like when so later in the season, so by the way, this is spoiler felt. So if you want to hear it. We want as many people to listen to our podcast as possible. But at the same time, it's hard for us to review stuff without spoilers because we're big dork nerds. So please keep listening. But if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want to hear spoilers, you might want to come back to it after you watch the season. Yeah, we, we, we try not to spoil the endings mm. and stuff, but there's you can't help but spoil no. stuff along the way, especially in a season like this. And, and we'll jump around a lot as in... You know, they have to, one of the, one of the big, the, the overarching plot is to stop the end of the world uh-huh. from the nukes that number five saw. So step. number five, step one, number five, time travels from when the nukes are going to hit to 1963, a week before, seven days before JFK's assassination. And he now has to... Uh, get the team, the Umbrella Academy, back together. Find them, find convince them. them. And he, I don't even think he knows they're all in Dallas. No, oh, no, he does no, because he, he saw him in the future. He saw him. Yeah, that's right. Yes, he saw him in the first episode, so he knows they're all in Dallas. But he doesn't know where. But the cool thing is, and he's got seven days to do this. The intro when when you see him each poured in. So you know, Andy mentioned it earlier in the podcast that you see them in this alley porting in. What you find out is you see a flash yep. and there is a gentleman who is a scientist nerd kind of guy who realizes something's going on and sets up like this camera and all this equipment there in the alley. And over the period of these few years, he's able to record and take a picture of every single one of them that winds up arriving into you know, this particular alternate reality. Yeah. And he becomes very important for a while in into the show. And that's how they're able, that five is able to find out, oh, all my siblings are there. What do you know? What can we do? Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to find, I'm looking at the IMDb. His name was Leonard, right? In the show. Wasn't his name Leonard? This, this picture doesn't uh, I, look like the guy, though. Oh, see, I was thinking it was Hazel. Oh, no, it is. It's John, uh, the actor's John Magaro. His IMDb picture, he has a beard, but I'm pretty sure that's him. Oh, yeah, that's, yep, that's, that's Leonard. the guy. That's yep. Leonard, yeah. So Leonard's the guy that's taking all the pictures when they pop into the alley. So um, number five notices the flash and all that and basically 
goes in to meet the guy and uses him to try and track down the other uh, members of the Umbrella Academy. But he just doesn't... I love number five because he's a 58-year-old man in the teenage body. <laughs> yes. So he's just, he's a little wise-ass. And, and once again, in the first season, I wasn't that fond of him. But I've grown to love the guy because the kid does such a great acting job. He's just like a no bullshit, no F around type. Like, yep. man, I don't have time for this shit, you know? And he's a he's a badass fighter. Um, so, so they have to stop the end of the world by preventing JF or not preventing JFK's assassination, which means, you know, they have to meet up with their dad who obviously has nothing, knows nothing about these guys because they don't come around until 1989. He asked, they have to convince Diego not to stop the assassination. They have to then also figure out how to time jump back to the day before Vanya brings the moon down on him in 2019 from season one. And when they find Vanya, they don't realize she has amnesia. So they also have to hope that they can talk her out of being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with her powers, which is easier, of course, because she has amnesia. Right. (laughs) That's the one easy thing. But getting back to the number five, number five remembers that in 1963, he actually was sent on a mission from the handler to 1963 before JFK's assassination and realizes he needs to meet up with himself to get the briefcase that they need to travel through time. Yes. So well, what you don't understand realizes the number, like they lead it on like the number five he's going to meet they're going to do the camera thing where it's both it's that young actor facing off against each other. Right. And so then five ties in with the company because the handler gets the handler does something very unique. Says, "Hey, I have a way to fix all of this and get you and your family back to your right. proper time." However, they basically <laughs> the company is run by by the heads and I don't remember if there's 10 or 12, but there's the, the, I'm like the CEOs of it, the heads of it. CEOs of a company. And, and and the head CEO guy is basically, he's a, he's a fishbowl with a goldfish in it. That's a head and he's on there and they meet throughout time at very specific places for like one day. Um, And they meet once a quarter for a day. And she goes, I have the ability to find it. I can get you saved if you go assassinate the entire, entire basically the board. entire the board entire of board. directors yeah. for the company. <laughs> and of course he accepts. And I'm going to say it is one of the most entertaining scenes I have seen in a show in a while when he pops in there and all hell breaks loose oh, yeah. quite literally. It is, it is amazing. He's very successful. Yes. Takes well, him out. He succeeds, obviously. Yes. yes. And it was great because it winds up being in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where yes. they go, yes. which I laugh so hard. And I'm like, huh. Although the lodge they go to, don't think it's a real lodge. I don't remember that being in Oshkosh because I used to live there. But it was pretty hilarious. I'm like, oh, no. Nope. Oh, I, I thought of you when I saw that, Dennis. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. So he does take him out. 
But when he gets back to 1963, the handler gives him the briefcase for time travel back. He, she fulfills her end of the bargain. But, but he has uh, 90, 90 minutes, minutes. 90 minutes to corral everybody back into that alleyway to get out of there. And, and he goes, that's not part of the deal. And she goes, whoa, whoa. Oh, these I are the terms yeah. that we agreed to. Take I, it or not. Yeah, right. It's your, here's, I'm fulfilling my end of the bargain. It's up to you. That's where the fun starts. Yeah. 90 minutes. Yep. The 90 minute countdown. And the only people that are with him are. Luther. Um, no, Luther. I thought Diego was with him too. Oh yeah. D Diego yeah. And Diego Luther. and Luther are the only two. And Diego has to get Allison. Luther has to get Vanya, and um, well, and no, Diego also is supposed to get Klaus. Right, and then and but the problem is Allison's in the middle of her civil rights, so she's right. trying to fulfill she's torn. her husband's because right. she's a prominent figure in the civil rights movement, and they do you know the sit-in and all of this type of stuff and get arrested, and the husband winds up taking the fall for it. It's 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 really decent story. You know, in in that period of time, um, you know, we're not going to spoil a lot. Like we said, there's there's a ton that we haven't talked about. I will say Dennis was absolutely right. Uh, the first episode I enjoyed. The second episode, I was just kind of getting the feeling of, oh my god, is this just going to be about? Oh, we can't save the world. We have to get back, and it just seemed kind of slow. But it definitely picked up like a freight train and once it got going I'm the type that it was like end of episode start next episode what time is it I can do one more I can do click one more. I can do one I'm more you, click. and then the ending we're not going to spoil the ending because the ending it is is it, awesome it is by far you know usually uh, the first season you got to have a great cliffhanger cuz you got to get them back for the second season then a lot of times with shows that you know are renewed, you know, it always ends on a cliffhanger, but is it really as good as the first one? Nah. But this cliffhanger is by far better than the first season's cliffhanger. Like, I'll be, the first season's cliffhanger, I don't even know if it was renewed yet at the time. Yeah, I, and I don't, again... I don't remember if it was renewed yet, but I can honestly say after the first season cliffhanger, I was on the fence. I wasn't... Most shows, after they end cliffhanger, I'm all about, damn it, why can't this start up again next month, not a year from now? But at the end of the first season of Umbrella Academy, I was satisfied. I was like, you know what? I don't think it was renewed yet because I think I, my thought was I was satisfied. I liked it. If it doesn't get renewed, I'm not heartbroken. Because it because because I, I don't think... it. I'm going to say another reason I don't think it was renewed yet is because of the way it ended. It gave it closure as well. There was. Whereas it season two does way. not end with closure. No. And we know there's a season three. Season one ended and it was a good season. I enjoyed it. It said I was kind of on the same way with you on the fence. I was like, I enjoyed this. If they, if season two gets better, I think this could be a hit. If it stays the same, I'll probably watch it. It was enjoyable. Uh, season two blew the doors off. I mean, and when that ending hits and you see the cliffhanger, I got goosebumps. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Now I want season three right now. 
Oh, right now. This is that I'm at that point. Season two was so enjoyable. I really want season three to pick up right now. Oh, yeah. And we can't. Because they, you know, the only thing we'll tell you is, and we said this before, their goal is they have to time travel back to the day before Vanya loses her shit and decides to bring the moon down onto the planet Earth and destroy the planet. So they get back the day before that happens, thinking, all right, we're back. Vanya's not crazy. Let's move on like nothing happened. Yep. And then cliffhanger. Yep. So. All right. On our comic book scale, um, I'm going to give this season. So we don't want to do the whole thing. This season, I'm giving it a, a, a 9.6. I'm giving it about as good as I can give it. I thought it was fantastic. Episode two was a little slow, but it was exposition. And I was kind of there you with Andy on it. it. But. You know, number one was fantastic, and then it just went from there. I enjoyed what they did with all of the characters. I thought the characterizations were great. The acting was great. The fighting was phenomenal. The additional characters. This was a phenomenal season. 9.6. I'm going to have to go with a 9 flat, because um, you're pushing. 9.6 is pushing, like, almost perfect. I can't go that high. I go 9 flat, because it did start a little slow. Um but once again, I mean, a nine rating is super high, so it's not like I'm calling it crap. I thought it was really good. One of the big things, I thought Klaus's character was so much better in this, you know, because he took on that, I'm a cult leader, and he really like- He nailed it. He nailed it. He, he really flourished did. in it, because once again, he thought he was going to be stuck in time, so he's like, I might as well make the most of it. So he became a con man, basically. Um, I thought- Tom Hopper as Luther was once again just fantastic and he I thought they really brought that character out of the shell because in the first season he had his family to rely on but in this season you know remember he gets blasted back to 1963 thinking he's by himself and even though he's not there for a super long time like Allison was a couple years he still thinks he's by himself and has to make a way for himself. And I think it kind of, I could be wrong. I don't remember the first season well enough, but the sense I've got of Luther in the first season was he was in a shell. Yeah. Because he I didn't like that. He didn't like the way he looked. You know, he, he thought obviously when he's wearing clothes, you just look at him and go, well, that dude works out. I, I kind mean, of he's felt bigger in the first big. season, I felt like he needed to call the suicide hotline. Right. He was a dumpy little bitch in the first season. Yes. Exactly. In, in this, in one, this he found season, himself. In this season, he found himself. He he learned to live with himself. He was happier. Like, he was joking. And his sense of humor was so dry yeah. that it cracked me up. So that was great. I did not like Vanya in the first season at all. I, okay, so that... I couldn't in, stand on, it. I, we had talked about this after first season. I thought she was the weakest link in, oh, in first by season far. by far, but she's also the biggest name on there, right. which is what's funny. Her character was flat. I thought her acting was kind of flat in the first one. She was not the most memorable character. And I'm like, well, everybody else is so good. And they, they had an interesting setup for her in here. And once again, though, she was, to me, the weak point in season two. She was pretty weak. I agree, but I liked her better. I did. I, I, I did like her better, better. But everybody else, oh yeah, did so well, much better that it it was such a great season that once again 
She was the same type of a character from season one. Better acting, the supporting <laughs> cast around her I liked. And the other three characters we didn't talk about, and we'll just we'll just hint at them, are the Swedes or Dutch? <laughs> Swedes, <laughs> right? Swedes. The three Swedish we brothers. We should talk about them just right, a, We'll uh, talk a about them very briefly. Very briefly. There's three Swedish brothers. They're, they're, they're played by three different actors, but they all have just white albino-like hair that ties them together as brothers. Different hairstyles, but... You know, that ties them together as They're brothers. They're assassins from the company. They're assassins from the company. They dress the same. Their mannerisms are the same. They don't talk much. And for assassins, I thought they were hysterical. Because they, they're not they, supposed to be hysterical. They were awesome. Oh, my All the God. way through for a villain outside of the handler and her daughter and stuff and then the plot. These guys were just great. There was no cardboard cutout. They oh, no. were they were unique, inventive. Again, season two just rocked. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that we decided to do next is we're going to do something a little bit different. CBR put out, and this is what, what got Andy and I talking, um, about the 10 best female superheroes of all time. Um, they kind of have their list and, you know, we go through Andy's got his favorite. I've got my favorite. And it was just it's, it's just kind of a good idea. Yeah. We're, we're going to kind of compare thoughts and see if we agree or if there's somebody missing from their list. And we'll link to it on the Facebook page, uh, Facebook Dennis and Andy show. So we'll definitely link to it there so you can see it and agree or disagree. So we'll take the list like they did it. They did 10 down to one. Makes sense, you know, start with number 10, go down to one. Uh, I say we go through the list first yeah, and then decide if the order's proper. Right. And if they left people out. I agree. So we'll bounce back and forth. I'll start with number 10. Number 10, they got Supergirl. Yep. I I mean, I think she should be on the list. She should be on the list. You know, I've always enjoyed Supergirl. Um the the cut want the cover they show so for the they show an image with every everyone the image they show is from her com <clears throat> excuse me her comic from the 90s which was written by Peter David uh originally drawn by um Terry oh Gary Frank and then after Gary Frank Leonard Kirk I enjoyed that series. I have the original trade paperback. So. There's so many iterations of her because she's <clears throat> right. such like Superman. She's such oh, an yeah. old character that there's just so many iterations of her. She's got staying power. It's a it's a good character. I, I think her, she should be I, on the list. I, I liked her comic when she had it briefly in the 70s. I like that version too. Didn't really like the 80s one that much. Yep. But so she's 10. Yep. Number nine is Black Widow from the Marvel side. Um, Black Widow has actually been around since the 1960, but she was always just a secondary character up until the recent success of, we'll just say the Marvel movies and Scarlett Johansson really brought her to the forefront. I, I agree with that, but even without the Marvel movies, I would still have her on this list because I think she came... I agree. She definitely came to the forefront of you walk down the street. Hey, have you watched Marvel movies? Yeah. Black Widow. Oh, hell yeah. Scarlett Johansson. People know who she is. But I think she got a real big boost in the comics with Daredevil, 
Frank Miller in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. When he, inter- when he brought her in, because like Dennis said, she was introduced in the 60s, but in the 80s, when Frank Miller took over writing and drawing Daredevil, he started off as the artist, but a few issues in, they let him start writing it, and he brought Black Widow to the forefront. She was a redhead. She had short red hair, though. She wore one-piece gray bodysuit, not a black one, but still... You know, and she didn't really like, she didn't really tote around guns and stuff, I don't think. No, you know, she was more just hand to hand combat. Right. And, and so, you know, we, the Black Widow has always been good. So I I agree, especially with Daredevil. So I've got a, actually a a slabbed issue of that. That's issue number 100 of Daredevil. And it's even says Daredevil and Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and she was cool. You know, she dealt a lot with Shield, Shield agent. You know, right. the Red Room. You know, was she a secret agent or a double agent? And she did just. And I did say in the Frank Miller stuff, Daredevil was a gray outfit, but she did wear when she was first introduced black. Right. So that she, you know, she was pretty dead on in Iron Man two when they introduced her. You know, Scarlett Johansson with the long curly red hair yep. and her stingers. And, you know, the leather costume that was, for some reason, eh, I don't mind showing cleavage, even though I'm an assassin and, you know, fighting-wise, you think it would be zipped all the way up. It gets hot. I get it. So, you know, they picked the cover from a a Marvel Knights Black Widow run that came out, and uh, it was drawn by Sean Phillips and Bill Sienkiewicz, Uh, Richard, I can't make out the writer's name, it's a small JPEG. Uh, but I actually do have that run. Um, so, yeah, she should definitely be on the list. Yep. All right, number eight, She-Hulk. Of course she has to be on the list. I've got She-Hulk number one, yes. the first number one by John Buscema, where she's on the cover and just ripped white outfit, whatever the hell she was and wearing. And growing tall. And growing tall. I, I do love, though, how even when she was first introduced in... Um, the 70s. So when Bruce Banner's introduced, he goes from skinny geek to hulking, big, over-muscled dude. Yep. Now, even even when Jack Kirby drew him, he was still a bigger guy. He wasn't as, like, muscled as he is now, right. but he was a bigger dude. Right. Whereas when She-Hulk was introduced, she just went from basically average-looking woman to hot looking woman not yes. mu- not muscled looking woman like the only thing that grew on her were her hips and her boobs other than that she, she got muscle she did she not gain lots of muscle it's not until honestly now in the marvel universe and i'm not up on on what happened current marvel i do notice that the she-hulk is now being drawn like a male vert like the Hulk, really muscled up, small head, and everything. But up until this past year, when they made that change with her visually, she was always pretty much just a bodybuilder type female. Yes, you she's know. taller, and you can and see she's that taller. In her. But yeah, for me, but, when when John Byrne started drawing, oh, that was the best. It was it was down. He knew how to draw her to the way where you want to talk about sex appeal. He could draw that, you know, oh, yeah. in that famous cover where, you know, on, on the cover oh, she where threatens she's... to rip the book. Yes. Yes. It is. There's just he he drew her so well. And, you know, you would think, oh, 
she got a transfusion from from Bruce, and yeah, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. But you know what? She's always been a great character, and oh, they've she's always said, she's a lawyer and she's smart. She retains her uh, um, her brains when she hulks out and stuff like that. She has been a fun and enjoyable character since she came out. You know who the casting rumor is, don't you? For I don't know who is it right now. Oh, you haven't heard this? I just read this in the past week. Allison Brie. From, oh, from Glow. Yeah, no, I did. Okay, yeah. so that's still that stole that stole her on the table. Oh. Now, which I don't have a problem with, but they they're definitely going to have to do the Mark Ruffalo CG because yeah, you can't how... take. And I'm watching you, her in Glow right now, right. so I can and see she's she's built like Jennifer. She's built like Jennifer. Yeah, I would agree. When with she's that. not She Hawk perfectly, but when they do the She Hawk part. The good thing with She-Hulk is they can actually save on CG because there are women out there, female, you know, bodybuilders that are built like She-Hulk is. Yes. In the comics. So they could actually cast somebody and do a little computer stuff for the actors for the the actor's face like, and save a lot of money on a CG body. You know, like like Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, they could literally do that for her. Yeah, and just green paint her up and yeah. whatever, and it would. Well, that'll work be fun. interesting to see what they so, do. So yeah, that'll be that's that's curious. All right, moving on. Number seven, the Wasp. Eh, I, mean, I, I mean, you know, it's almost like we're running out of characters. I know, <laughs> it's, and it's only a list of ten, and, and you can't be running out of characters. Janet Van Dyne <laughs> is she really was the first? I was going to say she was the Avenger, first. Yeah, and and in for Avengers. No, you know, because right. Sue Storm really is. Sue you know, Storm she's was be around because she's she's the the mother of the Marvel universe, basically. She is. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I again I can see it because you know Wasp was important, particularly early on. You know, with Hank Pym and doing with it, she was involved in a lot of the stories, particularly the stories from. I always liked him from the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. But ah, eh, anyway, she's number seven on she, their list. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, number six, Dennis. I'll throw this one to you. Yeah, I kind of have to. It's Jean Grey. Jean she's Grey, the Phoenix. Yeah, if she was alive. Dennis would be getting a divorce. I'm, I'm really surprised she's not number one. I'm um, not surprised she's not number one. I'll be honest. I know you think she should I be number one. I always think she should be number one, I, but I, I do understand it. I, 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 she has to be on the list. She, she, she so should I'm be higher. She should be higher. She should be. She should be higher. Uh, but she, do, she should be on the. And it's Jean Grey. It's not Dark Phoenix. It's not even Phoenix. It's Jean Grey. Right. So you know, I don't think they're making the distinction. I just think it's because she's the first X woman. She is. She was in the very first issue of so, X Men. So you know, nineteen sixty three. Oh yeah. She she for a woman that age, she looks great. Yep. Um. Eh, okay. Number five is Batgirl, and not Batwoman, but Batgirl. And well, even back in the TV show Batman '66, she was back. Around. Right, Barbara Gordon so has Barbara been Gordon, around so, for a long time. But you know, they're going with this version. At least they're going with the reboot Batgirl, where it's the teenager and the they're costumes. doing the new Fifty Two. Yeah, the new Fifty Two Batgirl, which I just wasn't a fan of. I didn't, you know, I read a couple issues of it. Look, I get it. I'm not the target audience. Wasn't my cup of tea. 
she's been around so. a long time. She's she's kind of there. I uh, it's, she's fine. Well, I, you know, I understand I, I know what why you're, she's I know there. what you're saying, but I think they're specifically talking about this version. And and yeah, that's why well, that's where they lose me. If this see, was if this was Batgirl, are they talking this version? Or see, are they it talking says Batgirl? these days she's back in action as Batgirl. Right. Her spinal injuries have been healed as part of the new Fifty Two reboot. She remained in a reprised role as Batgirl for nearly a decade now. It does talk a little bit about the history, you know, going back. Yeah. They all so do. I guess they're looking at it as overall, right? Not the okay. Yeah, that's fine. and and because I I would agree that if it was just this version, no, but. Overall, I'm looking at it as overall care. It's hard to put... I know you're going to hate this, especially after my rant on Batgirl. It is hard to put Jean Grey above her, though, because Batgirl's been around longer. Well, right, and you can't just look at longevity. No, I agree. I mean, Jean Grey, I think, has had more of an impact on comics. Yes. You know. Yes. Again, so this is is where where the discussion comes in. Particularly after the next one, number four... Captain Marvel. Uh, four is Captain Marvel. And, you know, look, let's be honest. Carol Danvers has been around. For those that don't know, she got she has been around since 1969 or 68 when she was in the first or second issue of Captain Marvel, the right. book about, you know, the, the as male. Ca- as Carol Danvers. As Carol Danvers. And she got her powers in one of those issues. Um, she didn't use them. For a long time because I don't think they even knew what they were doing at that time. It just the way they wrote the story back then, she was in this this location when she shouldn't have been. Boom, something happens, she gets powers, and then they figure, hey, we can use this down the road. Right. And she was actually Miss Marvel when she got her own book. So this is the point I'm gonna make, because they specifically say Captain Marvel. Right. Now, if they said Carol Danvers, because Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel for a while, she right. was binary when she was out in space with the X-Men, and right. I loved her as that character. And that was in the 80s, yeah. And then Carol Danvers had her abilities removed by Rogue, who we'll be bringing up later. Yep. And um, that created a long time because she removed her, turned her basically back oh, into a shell with no, with no abilities. Captain Marvel has only become popular recently because Marvel's really been trying to force her back in because in order for Marvel to retain the rights of the name Captain Marvel, they need to do a book and she needs to be in a movie. Otherwise, it goes back to this old fight we were talking about in a previous uh, podcast with DC and, and Marvel because of Shazam. Because right. Shazam really was the original Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel. Yep. but the trademark's there. I have an issue with Captain Marvel being on the list, although maybe really high on the list, like like maybe number 10 if she would squeak in. Carol Danvers as a person, yes, because she's done so much in different roles throughout the, the Marvel universe. Oh, totally. But as Captain Marvel... It's just so new. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, well, they could have even said Miss Marvel and not Carol I would. I would have put Miss Marvel way higher than, than right. Captain Marvel ever. But I agree. I mean, and not number four. I think number four, whoever wrote this is just because of the movie. Yeah. If there was no movie and they put this list together, I'm not sure she would have made it. Now, I did, the version that they're showing on the, for her image is from a, a new series from a year or so ago. And I bought it and I enjoyed it. 
I like the art. I like the costume design. So I'm there with that. It's just the placement on the list. Yep. Uh, number three, Storm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she should be number three. Once again, I think Jean Grey should be number should be higher than Storm. I I love Storm as a character. They're showing an image. She had a mini series in the '90s, which I bought. Um, I, I I've been I, a bit, I, I've been I a love Storm, Storm fan. So me too. I've been yeah. a Storm fan. Obviously, being an X Men fan. And when the new X-Men came and she joined the team, she was instantly right there with me. Um, I enjoy her when she got married to Black Panther, T'Challa, and that whole storyline, it was very unique. It was great. She's had a very decent impact on the Marvel Universe oh, in, yeah. in general. Um, you know, I, I, I could see it. I love her as a character. I just don't know if number three is the right spot for her. Do you, um, oh, what was I going to ask? Oh, why, what, why did her and T'Challa break up? I have no idea. Well, they're from, so they get divorced, you remember, right? yeah, but they're, Chicago, he needed her to be the queen only of Wakanda. Oh, she's like, I'm not moving and, to Wakanda. Well, well, listen, I live in New York. She was there, but the X-Men <laughs> needed her. They right. needed her. They were torn. Right. And sometimes those two didn't really, really mesh. And eventually they had to separate. You can tell even where the way, the way they're still writing her, he still loves her and vice versa. Oh. And it's uh-huh. there. and But they've been pulled apart into two different worlds. Got it. Number two, Invisible Woman. Again, now I don't have a problem with her being number two. I don't either because she is the mother or the queen, depending on how you look at it, of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. She's the original. I mean, her and Mr. Fantastic, they're the original Marvel Universe. Yeah. She's been around, and except for that little hiatus when Marvel canceled the Fantastic Four, she has been around through thick and thin. Had two children, went through just about everything that you can think of. Had a had a Power Girl type costume where you could see her cleavage in the '90s for a while. Yep, they, I mean, come she, on, she's, she's, gone she's seen it all. She and we've seen it, and we've seen it all. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a problem with her being number two. I've always liked the Fantastic Four. Um, obviously, Sue Storm uh, through all the iterations. You know, Jack Kirby, John Buscema, John Romita. Uh, Mike Rowingo and Mark Wade's run on Fantastic Four was phenomenal. Yep. Um, she has her own book now, which I'm really surprised she hasn't had a limited series before. Yeah. You know, it's taken that long out of every character for her to get a spinoff. So good for her. Yep. And number one. Number one. Wonder Woman, na, 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 na. Diana of Themyscira, and I have absolutely no problem with this number one. Nope, she is. She's been around down. the longest. Yeah, and and she's gone through the most dynamic changes. Um, how she was originally created, where she came around to, um, and the interesting thing is, I have always enjoyed her as a character. Mm-hmm. The old, you know, from way back. When they rebooted her in the new Fifty Two, I love that version. I like the um, the uh, Rebirth reboot. I like this version. I she's always been a solid character, and there are depending on who was creating her, there were good and bad times. But oh, yeah. she's always had good ones. I I think she's a great number one. Yeah, I collect. Um, I've gotten a lot of the newer stuff. 
I've got key issues like uh, I've got issue 300 just because of key issue with the, the numbering 150. I got a few issues from the 70s. I had a teacher at the Kubert School named Jose Delbo. Jose was the artist on Wonder Woman for a long time in the 70s. So just out of the fact that I had him as a teacher, um, I went and bought those. I've got a, a full-size, you know, record story comic with her. Yep. Um, she's just iconic. I mean, she is one of DC's big three, and it's kind of cool that out of the big three, you know, they're, they're big three characters. You know, she's one of them. Yep. You know, I mean, it's the Trinity for a reason. Really? Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and... It, because, you yeah, know, I mean, really. look, I know you love Jean Grey and the Phoenix character and all, but when you think of Marvel, what... Like, when you think of DC and you go female character that stands out, it's Wonder Woman. I mean, with Marvel, there's more than one. I know you're right. biased to that, but right. there is definitely more than one because you can say, as of now... I. I think you can get people to say, to have an argument about, oh no, it's Captain Marvel. Oh no, it's Jean Grey. Oh no, it's Storm. Uh, or like this list. Oh no, it's Invisible Woman. You know, there's, they all teeter. You know, they're all very close. But with DC, nobody's going, no. it's not Wonder Woman. It's uh, Power Girl. Power Girl. or And I love who, Power Girl. I, or, I do too, who I would have liked to have seen on the list. I would love to have seen Power Girl on the list. I thought that was a missed opportunity. I mean... Out of this list of 10, not being mean, I would have... Wasp is gone. I would have taken yeah. Wasp right out of this. And, One, and, because the list is Marvel heavy. Right. And and if I was going to replay... You know, and Rogue, to me... Rogue, Rogue yeah. is a... a I got, got... She got screwed out of this she got one. she got she, like rogue is so important in so many parts of the marvel universe especially in the x-men part of the universe but she is the one who took the powers from carol danvers and that's right. been an ongoing story she's done so many things even on the on the solo side she needed to be to be on the list um oh, and definitely. I, and, I mean you know yeah if i was going to take people off this list uh it would be to replace them with whether it be Rogue or, you know, Power Girl. There's only two that I can look at on this list I would toss, and it's Wasp and Black Widow. Yeah. Those are the two. And and nothing against Black Widow. I you know, from a movie standpoint, she's phenomenal. And even though her status has been raised in the comics, because of more, I believe, of what happened in the eighties, I, I just don't I don't see her as that important of a role in the overall Marvel comic book universe compared to like a rogue uh, character. Right. And Power Girl has been around in DC since the early 70s. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. And I think so. Power Girl, while I, again, in Captain Marvel, I probably would have moved her farther, heavier on the list to maybe to nine or 10 or something like that. Uh, maybe if it was Carol Danvers, but um, you know, I, I I guess I don't have a huge problem with the list, just a, a couple of omissions or or changes. Um, but I I think we all agree, Wonder Woman should be number one. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman by far. And if anybody disagrees with that, you know, just put it on our Facebook and tell us who you would change and either add or or remove from the list. And we'll fight you over it. Yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll give you Dennis's address. I'll show up with some popcorn. <laughs> and we'll, videotape and it we'll all. throw down. 
videotape it. <laughs> video. Wow, that that kind of dates it. That's yeah, right. Video, video it. Get your cell phone out, damn it. I know, right? All right, guys. Well, that's another episode of the Dennis and Andy Show. You can always check us out on Facebook, Dennis and Andy Show, on Facebook. And, and we're also uh, on uh, iTunes. And if you're following SoundCloud. us either SoundCloud, yeah. iTunes, um, you can use your uh, Alexa, your your device at home from Amazon, and you can listen to us uh, right on there. So until next time, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses, get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.